Hello, everybody, and welcome back to DesktopProds.com, movies and television podcast. As always, I'm your host, The Dead Man. Joe, today we have Caveman. Who do you think it is? <laughs> I don't know. I've been on, like, all of these. Well, for the last couple weeks. If the, audience, if the audience is shocked at my appearance, then the audience needs some help. Or the audience is new. classes for people like them. You gotta go into this thinking every podcast is somebody's first. Yeah, that's potential. Anyway, yeah, we're here. We got stuff to talk about. Well, kind of. I have more stuff than Caveman does, but... So, Caveman. Oh, so I'm going first? Okay. Yeah, fuck it. Um... I mean, you ha- you're the one with the time limit. I am the one with the time limit. So in case anything well, happens, you might as well get your share out of the way first. That is very true. Well, first off, let's talk about the main thing I've been watching. Numbers. The show about the autistic Lying. math man who solves crimes? Yeah. And as a nerd <laughs> who's like moderately good at physics and like love has a love-hate relationship with math, I fucking love this show. Okay. Okay, so physics courses in college when I didn't need to take any for my major. (laughs) I love physics. I love the math behind physics. I'm a huge fan of anything having to do with physics. Physics is my jam. I didn't go to physics and still passed very easily. However, I am shit at math. Like when it gets to like when it gets to like higher level stuff, when it gets above calculus, I'm just like hands in the air. I don't care. I'm walking away. I'm done. Yeah, same so, same kind of thing here. Like uh, I actually didn't have to take math for my um, college courses. I was going forensic science, and you could solve my murder. Yeah, and getting to calculus too, and getting into that fucking shit. I went the first day. And then didn't go the rest of the year. Yeah, I've had uh, had shit like that happen with classes. And even and even not going, I still got a forty-seven. <laughs> so if I had went, fucking easy B minus. Ah, math. Math, it's the smart man's uh, literature. But anyway, um, (laughs) I love numbers. Uh, I can't help but think that there has to be like six staff staff mathematicians, five uh, physicists, and like 18 computer engineers. Because it's a show that actually gets their shit right. Okay. I'm sitting here like, oh my god, I'm not actually pissed at them trying to hack things. Because they're actually running programs and not just tapping away at a keyboard. They say, yeah, come back to me in an hour when this program is finished running. Not, let me get at my computer and make the green things move. Hey, person who doesn't know anything about computers, help me type. I love it. I love it. I love this show. And I'm so happy that I rediscovered it because I used to watch it and then I stopped watching it because its time slot was occupied by CSI New York, I think. 
and that was when I enjoyed CSI New York. So, uh, time slots. No, this show is absolutely great. It's filled with a great cast of characters, and like, I actually like every single character. And it's been so long since I could say that. I mean, oh my god, it's it's wonderful. Moving on. Uh, actually, just I, I watched just a second. I I looked up some stuff about the math in this show. Is it all wrong and nonsense? Uh, no, actually, it's totally. Actually, pretty right. Um, apparently, multiple mathematicians worked as consultants for each episode of the show. Um, a professor at Northeastern University explained the mathematics behind each episode of the show on a blog. Cool. Uh, one of the consultants explained uh, how some of the math techniques um, that have been on the show are actually used in FBI cases. See, now now I'm even happier that I was right and that they actually have staff mathematicians and they, like, this is brilliant. I love it. And then there's a quote from the creator of the show saying, getting the math right and getting it to fit with the plot were not priorities for the numbers team. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> okay, but moving on. Um, I watched the newest season of Death in Paradise. And I am happy, I am ecstatic to say, they finally hit their stride. I have Around, never even heard of that show. It's a, it's a British detective show that's set in the Caribbean on the fictional island of San Marie. I've talked about it before, I know I have. Okay. Um, in the first two seasons, we have a detective named Richard Poole. However, the actor <laughs> Dick Poole. was tired... Shut up. Um, <laughs> the actor was tired of spending so much time away from his son and his wife. So he asked them to write him out of the show, and the writers, well, they did. They wrote him out of the show. I won't say how they wrote him out of the show, but then we get a new detective. And then we spend two seasons meandering as we lose character after character and get new characters. Some of the characters get massive, beautiful send-offs. Other characters get a phone call saying they moved. Um, so at least we know what happened to, well, at least we know what happened to every character I'm looking at a few other shows where characters just disappear without any explanation some of the characters get like a, just like a clue style title card just that they left but in season 5 we finally have hit our stride we've got a solid cast of characters we've got a solid like he's the uh, guy who's playing our new detective is finally hitting like he finally knows what he's doing he's got all of his everything's leveled out it's it's very enjoyable and if you dropped this show because you didn't like the new detective pick it up again if you haven't seen this show watch it but know that you're gonna have to say goodbye to most of the cast after season three um okay so continuing on this freight train of plot i watched the latest season of dc legends of tomorrow yeah you did Fucking Christ, the continuity. I have to go and watch Green Arrow. I have to go and watch fucking Flash. I have to go and watch Supergirl, goddammit, just to figure out what the hell is going on. You really don't. Good. It's so good. It is really good, but you don't need to watch all those shows. If you say anything, just ask me. I've already watched all those shows to the point that matters. <laughs> and now from something good to something not. Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. <laughs> Why the fuck did you watch that? Because I had caught two separate episodes 
when I was uh, younger, a few years ago, and I thought, oh, this show's interesting. I'll give it a watch. Oh, and honey. then I see it on, I see it on Netflix, and I'm like, hey, I can watch it from the beginning. What is this nonsense? This is what? What? No, that doesn't make any sense. And that's my summation of Pac-Man: Ghostly Adventures. <laughs> the show was tripe. Um, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to continue watching it because, well, I already started. There's really no point in not continuing. Oh, honey. Yeah, I know. And the very last thing that I want to talk about is something we've already talked about a dozen times, and Deadman will either squee or forget that he's watched the show. I'm trying to catch up on Once Upon a Time again. Mm. Oh, I did not expect a groan. That's right, you got pissed in the later seasons. Yes. I forgot about that. Because they forgot the I... fucking point of the show, and then and then it just fucking got super shitty. I forgot about that. Well, I'm going to try and get there so I can be just as mad as dead. I think it's in season but five. That's... I think it's in season five when Emma becomes the dark one. That's all I've watched. So over to you, dead. Okay. I guess the biggest thing out of the way first. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. No spoilers. I'm going to go see it soon. It's really fucking good. Oh, that makes me feel good. Just like, God damn, it is so fucking good. Yeah, I... I can't really think of anything to say without spoiling shit. Like, uh... I'll have watched it by the next time we record this. I'll make a note of it. We'll uh, talk about it, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just real fucking solid. Like, all the characters have... Like, arcs and shit. Which is kind of surprising. Like it, Guardians is kind of a Guardians is the black sheep of the like Marvel family of movies because they're the ones the furthest removed from everything else that's happening, and because of that they're kind of allowed to they're kind of allowed to do whatever. And that really works well. That really works to uh, James Gunn's advantage. Because oh, with yeah. the, because with this he's just able to like specifically craft character stories and that's what this whole thing is it is just with it has like all the big fucking space action and shit like Gamora has that one fucking scene in the trailer where she has that fucking like three times the size of her minigun on her fucking shoulder you got the fight with the space squid you got rocket raccoons thing in the fucking forest and it all that all works it's all fucking fun as hell to see. Like there's a point where there's even a point where like Rocket has like unarmed fight two dudes and he is like really good at it. <laughs> like you expect oh the tiny little fucking thing, but then he just goes fucking full on feral raccoon and just dives head first like fucking teeth out of his face. Yondu's got his whole fucking thing. You might have seen a might have seen a certain phrase floating around the internet. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Who the hell is Yondu? Blue guy, Michael Rooker. Ah, yes, okay. Yeah, he gets. I recognize the name, but I couldn't place it. You know, he gets his giant head fin, and there is just this fucking fantastic sequence with him and uh, 
Rocket, and Baby Groot. Baby Groot. I am so looking forward to that. Well, I hope you look forward to the fucking intro, because the intro is just, like, three minutes uncut of Baby Groot. I'm okay with that. I have watched the end sequence of Little Dancing Groot so many times. To give you guys an idea of how much I love uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I watched it in theater three times. You're probably going to watch this one like four times, because I think it's better than the first one. Oh, yes. Please and thank you. Like, it has all the character stuff that worked uh, in the in the first movie. It has all that, but it also has like a plot. First one had a plot. Like, a stronger plot. Ooh. It doesn't just involve some bullshit MacGuffin of an Infinity Stone. It is... It's specifically a Star-Lord story. Cool. Because as some of you may know, if you follow news at all, uh, Kurt Russell's in it as uh, Star-Lord's dad. And this isn't a spoiler. His character is listed. He's Ego the Living Planet. What? Yeah. He He is. Kurt Russell is the human embodiment of Ego the Living Planet. That is trippy. <laughs> yes, it is. It's especially trippy when you actually get a full-on like face shot of Ego, and you just see kind of Kurt Russell's face made up of the topography of this fucking planet. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go big, go. It's either go big or go home, and they they want planet size, motherfuckers. Yeah. And they went planetary scale and it's real fucking good. Like, like Kurt Russell is at his fucking Kurt Russelliest as possible. He is just all charm. And it makes complete sense that he is like, that he is a uh, Chris Pratt's dad. Like they do work very well off each other there. You do see a lot of similarities in like personality between the two of them. And Chris Pratt, man, he fucking brings it. Plus, Gamora's got her, got a fucking storyline going on with Nebula. Um, Drax actually develops a weird kind of relationship with a. Uh, pardon? She did survive, didn't she? Yeah. But yeah, she's got a whole thing. I going, remember. She's got a whole thing going on with Nebula. Um, Drax develops some kind of weird relationship with Mantis, one of the new characters. And I say relationship, I mean that in the most. I mean, in the most platonic sense possible. Ah, so not romance, just friends. Yes, they make it very clear to each other multiple times that they are not at all attracted to one another. Drax in very Draxian manner. Just straight up. I have no interest in having sex with any of you, least of all you. Yeah, you he remind me of my sister. Uh, no, he just straight up calls her hideous. <laughs> one of his line, one of his lines near the end. I'm not. It just, you're beautiful, on the inside. <laughs> and there's so a he's point, learning about metaphor then. Yeah, he learned a bit about metaphor. And then, and then she, and then there's a point where he thinks she's trying to sleep with him. He's like, "Oh no, dude, fucking, I, you're kind of gross." Just come on, ego's doing shit. We gotta bounce. 
And then Rocket also has a little bit of an arc with uh, Yondu. And Yondu's just fucking perfect. Also, weirdly enough, Sylvester Stallone is in it. As Wait, a real what? Sylvester Stallone is in this movie. Okay. Yeah, he's in this as the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy from the year 3000. But not <laughs> actually. Like, he has the same character name, but he doesn't look the same, and he's not from the future. So... There's an end credit sequence, too. It's a whole thing. Also, yeah, this movie has three end credit sequences. Oh, Lord. If there's one thing I don't like about Marvel movies, it's that. Because every time... like, Birdie does this every time we go to a movie now. Wait, 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 wait. There might be an end credits thing. And I was just looking at him like, we just watched. Gives a damn. If there's an end credit sequence, I have to pee. (laughs) (sighs) The only kind of problem I have with it is the gold people. What? So in the trailer, you might have seen it, uh, there are gold people. And they kind of kick off the plot. Like, like the movie starts out with uh, like the Guardians fighting that big, you know, um, that thing from the trailer, the weird, like, giant squid thing with, with a whole bunch of teeth that, like, screams rainbows or something. I've been avoiding most of the trailers because I don't want much, if anything, spoiled of the movie for me. Okay, well, in the trailer, there's a point where the Guardians are fighting a giant squid tentacle thing with huge rose teeth that screams rainbows or something. That's the opening of the movie. As you do. And, they're spe- and, they <laughs> okay. are, and they are specifically fighting him for these gold people. The gold people have been, like, you know, genetically engineering themselves to be the ultimate perfect beings or whatever, and they're all golden. And when the Guardians leave, Rocket steals something from them because he's Rocket. As you do. Again, which leads to them sending out just fucking swarms of goddamn like remote controlled ships that everybody controls in like Sega style like motorbike motorbike cockpits from arcade machines because they don't send their own people out to fight. That's just stupid. They send robots out to fight that they control. Again, and as you do situation. Yeah, and that's how um, Kurt Russell's introduced. He like destroys 50 of them in a second. And then we don't really see them again for another few minutes until she, until like the fucking queen of them hires Yondu. And then we don't see them again until like the end of the movie, almost. They feel kind of ancillary to the whole thing and just like a vehicle to introduce us to the real plot of Kurt Russ, of fucking Chris Pratt and his daddy issues. Uh. And they're also kind of there to set up the next movie through one of the end credit sequences. But I won't say anything more about that. Oh, yeah. I know what I'll be doing soon. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's really fucking good. But something that is really fucking terrible is Abattoir. What? 
Avatar is a new-ish horror movie on Netflix that is about a real estate reporter whose sister is murdered, and then the room that she was murdered in gets ripped out of the house. I've seen that. I haven't watched it, but I was like, that looks retarded. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad I'm glad to know I was right. Uh, yeah, there's this guy, Jebediah Crone, who is going around buying houses, buying houses and buildings where people have been murdered and ripping the room where they were murdered out of the house to put into a different house that is made entirely of murder rooms. Why? Because magic. I don't know. Why? So I have to say, I've only watched half the movie because that's all I could stomach. <laughs> And also, um, my VPN stopped working for American Netflix, so I couldn't watch it again, because it's not on Canadian Netflix anymore. Or ever. Lucky. Yeah, when I first I don't started... think it's on American Netflix anymore, either. Let me check. When I first started watching it, I thought I was watching a parody. Because it begins like something set in the 1940s. Like, main character fucking walks in. She has, like, 1940s hairdo, fucking 1940s dress, 1940s makeup. And her boss is saying, like, hey, kid, you got fucking gumption and a great set of legs, but I'm not going to put you on crime. It's still on American Netflix for anyone who wants to suffer through it. Yeah, and what I just said, that is, like, an almost direct quote. And then her cop boyfriend is introduced, and he fucking walks in. With like fucking stu- like fucking five o'clock shadow, a cigarette and a fedora. And is talking to her like a fucking 1940s gumshoe. Like gumshoe. It is It is insane to me that this is a, that this is how a fucking movie starts that is ostensibly set in the modern day. But it might not be. I'm not entirely sure because the main character works at a newspaper. Ha! Well, I have a question for you. Yes? Did he talk like a gumshoe or did he talk like a hipster who wants to be a detective? He's an actual facts detective. He is a cop. Oh, dear Lord. I need to stop trying to figure out this movie. Like, he is a for realsies cop. And... Yeah, I gave up. Like, I was an hour in, and, like, nothing had happened. Oh, Lord. Yeah, this movie is about, like, I think it's uh, an hour 45 minutes or something. I think it's, I know it's, I know it's less than two hours. And you couldn't make it through. But I was an hour in, and all that happened was her sister got murdered and the room got taken. I hope you know what this means, folks. Let's watch Abattoir. <laughs> That's a joke. That is a joke. If anyone asks for it, I will hunt them down and I will sever their testicles from their taint myself. However, if you become if you become a patron and become like the $10 more patron, you can make us watch it. Just to pay us. Did you not know that, Caveman? Did you not know the $10 Patreon? Tier was like, hey, choose something we watch for a Let's Watch. I did. I was hoping you wouldn't mention it. <laughs> hey, man, I gotta get paid. I just had to return headphones so I could pay for food. Eh, I can understand that. 
I've had that kind of shit happen. I bought a bunch of burgers that I have never eaten before that might be horrible shit, but they were two bucks cheaper than the other burgers I was going to buy, so fuck it. Why not just buy raw beef and make your own burgers? Because raw beef is expensive as shit. I'm pretty sure you can make... Uh, never mind. I also need to afford eggs and breadcrumbs. Why do you need breadcrumbs? You know where to fucking you need get eggs. You know that, that's how you make fucking burgers. You get the meat and they get it like shit fucking stuck together, and then you fucking mash it up and then make little burgers, and then put that shit in the grill. Dude, you make ghetto ass burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about food? Let's get on with the with the uh, with the, <laughs> with the talks about what we've watched. The Avatar's horse shit. Never watch it, or wait until we watch it and watch it with us. Who knows? Patreon.com slash ddprods. Links in the description. Well then. Uh, final movie I watched is Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. They made a movie out of that? Yes, they did. Why? Because it's one of the most well-known Teen Titans storylines. Yeah, but, well, I guess DC's making animated movies out of all of their best-known storylines, so. Yeah. Was it any good? Eh. This movie, this movie will work a lot better if you don't know anything about the Judas Contract. <laughs> because Tara's in it. Mmm. Because it's the Judas contract, and if you know anything about Terra, the only thing you'll be waiting for is when will she betray the team? So for those who don't know, uh, the Judas contract is a Teen Titan storyline from back in the day, and it is um, a Slade Wilson-centered storyline where a new member of the team, Terra, who controls like Earth and shit, joins the team, and they go on missions trying to hunt down Hive and Brother Blood. And then it's revealed, hey, Tara's been a traitor the whole time. And in the comics, and she's sleeping with Slade. Yeah, and sleeping with Slade. She's a teenager. Yeah, which makes Slade even worse because he's a pedophile. Yeah, so um, in the comic, from what I remember, uh, she like kind of came off as just, hey, I'm a member of the team, whatever. But then she is like a sadistic sociopath who enjoys murdering and hurting people. As you do. Yeah. You, the folks at home, may know Tara better from the Teen Titans cartoon, where she was working for Slade, but then like the Titans kind of gave her humanity her or whatever, heart. and then she and then she helped save them and ended up turning to stone before Beast Boy was like, "Hey, you look like Tara," because that's how they end all things I like now. Apparently, they did that shit with fucking Teen Titans and with the Runaways. Wow. Yeah, fucking Gertrude died and then just and then the, the fucking last book of the series ended with Chase chasing down a girl who looked like Gertrude and then getting hit by a car. Oh. He's fine. He showed up again in Doc and he was fine. Okay. Oh god, I missed the runaways. We're getting that fucking Hulu series and it looks just oh fuck. Gertrude is described as a riot girl with girl spelled G-R-R-R-L. Ugh. Molly's like 16. It's a whole I thing. I don't. 
I don't know anything about the um, about the Runaways beyond what I've been told on numerous occasions. Molly Hayes in The Runaways is a 10-year-old girl with the power to fucking flip over a monster the size of a skyscraper. Ah. So they decided to sack the adorable little girl who is also badass awesome for an annoying teenager? Yep. Because you can't put a 10-year-old girl in danger. That's just weird. Also, it would be kind of disgusting if anybody tried to fuck her. Keep in mind, this is a teen-centered story, so they're going to be fucking. Despite the fact that they were fucking in the comics and there was still a 10-year-old person who was just, you know, hanging out away from where people were fucking. No, they can't have a 10-year-old girl on TV. Need to make her one year younger than the others. Also, Chase just looks like a fucking dickhole. I have strong feelings about the Runaways, okay? They're my favorite superhero team. Anyway. The Judas Contract. Um, this is uh, one of Miguel Ferreira's uh, final roles before he passed. Uh, he played Slade. Just making sure I'm getting the name right. I'm pretty sure I am. Oh, Miguel Ferrer. Sorry. Yeah, he passed this year. Uh, this was one of his final... One of his final things. And he's... He's alright. Like, he does a good job with the acting. It's just the writing doesn't really hold up for him. Or anybody, really. The writing is kind of the... One of the weaker points of this movie. Some of it just feels really off. Um, The kind of element of it with Tara and Slade is still there. And kind of like more so because Tara, she looks about 15. And Slade looks about 45. And it's especially kind of disturbing when Tara shows up wearing like some frilly night shit and just like ass loads of makeup. No. It looks like somebody's daughter trying to seduce her stepdad. No. Just no. I know it's true. I know it's true to the thing, but like no. At least in the comics, it's being accurate, and then there's changing things so that we're not feeling skeevoed. Yeah, like, that would be changing. We're not feeling skeevoed. Looking at the comics, at least she didn't look like a teenager. Yeah, she did. She looked like a teenager for the comics. Uh, you know, like what the comics thought a teenager looked like. Yeah, but that is like somebody in their late... That's somebody in their mid-twenties. <sighs> and... Comics are weird. Yeah, also... And usually um, written by perverts. Yeah, and so... Uh, in the, in so One of the things that really pissed me off is how stupid this team is. Like, really stupid. Because there's a point where Terra and Slade end up like capturing all the Teen Titan members in order to give them over to Hive so uh, Brother Blood can steal their powers. So Tuesday. Yeah, and so what he does is, in order to capture Blue Beetle, you know, the uh, 
the guy with the super powerful fucking alien armor. Uh, he sits in a chair that has a that has a car battery tied to it. What? Yep. So he just sits down and then fucking goes out. Um, Beast Boy is about to be on Kevin Smith's podcast. What? He uh, be, that's a thing. Don't worry about it. And so as he goes up there, uh, he goes sits down his thing. Nobody else is there. But in the middle of the desk is a big, shiny, candy-like red button that says, do not push. Of course he pushes it, because, I mean, who wouldn't push a button that says, don't push? Yeah, and then the microphone in front of him opens up and shoots darts at him. Why wouldn't you just have it be set up so that it would dart him? Why be reliant on him pushing the stupid button? For the joke. The one label, do not push. Because it's a joke, dude. He's so fucking stupid, Beast Boy is. <laughs> Our villains are stupid. Yes, yes, they are. I mean, seriously. Uh, with Starfire, again, super powerful alien, I'm pretty sure they just like left her a present that exploded or something. It's it's um it's amazing how fucking easily this team gets taken down. They are fucking idiots. I mean, is at least Robin like, on the team. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, he got taken. Then out. I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, Robin is ultimately the hero of the whole piece because writers can't be creative. Nope, Nightwing is. Nightwing. So Robin. Uh, different Robin. Damian Wayne gets taken out first. Yeah, he is tracking down Terra. Well, who gives a shit about Damian Wayne? Damian Wayne does. He spends most of the movie in a wall. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> He's Damian Wayne. Yeah, and uh, they Nightwing gets like a decent fight scene with uh, Deathstroke, but and eventually gets away. And I, I want to try to find an image of this. I want to just get your initial reaction to. What Tara looks like after she reveals to the team that she is evil. Cause it once I thought once I saw that, I I haven't laughed that hard in a while. Okay, they don't have All evil right. Okay, I'm not finding an image of evil Tara. But so, you know, um, you see the hairstyle where it's like, um, you know, on the top, it's hair, but then like on the sides of stuff is completely shaved. Oh, no. So it's that with just ass loads of eyeliner and black lipstick. Okay. It was I terrible. It just, oh, my God, how it was the fucking worst shit I have seen. In a while, just Jesus Christ. And at that point, I kind of turned the movie off. I know, I know how that story goes. I know how this fucking works. I've seen the TV show and read up about the fucking Judas contract. I haven't actually read the Judas contract. It's been a while. But I know what this does. I know where this goes. It is... Oh god, it, it it's it's not very good. 
And it's kind of unfortunately been a thing for the uh, last few DC animated movies. Where like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's all right, but you know, it's... It could have been better. It's, just, it's actually weird. Like, the last four movies have kind of been like an alternating pattern. Like, Justice League vs. Teen Titans is pretty good. Batman the Killing Joke is horseshit. Justice League Dark is pretty good. Teen Titans, just Judas Contract, is kind of horseshit. I don't think Killing Joke was horseshit. I mean, it wasn't good, but at least it got the main concept across, and it only ruined two characters. And continued Bruce Timm's weird fetish of wanting Batgirl and Batman to pork. I don't there, know what you want your you want your pervy little stories to become part of the continuity. Just get a job working for DC. They'll probably hire you given the quality of their writing right now. Well, I'm I'm kidding. They've actually improved since they got rid of the new fifty two. Oh yeah, insanely so. Like Rebirth has actually been a fucking like renaissance for DC. But yeah. Jews contact ain't great. What has been great though? in a weird kind of segue, is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now I catch flack for not watching it anymore. Yes, so, for the last few episodes, uh, the whole storyline has been that the team, well, a good chunk of the team, has been stuck in the framework, a Matrix-like world where one regret that Ada, a hyper-intelligent, artificial intelligence kind of thing, uh, that they, she removed one regret from their life and then just kind of let the world play out as it did, which led to Hydra being in charge of the world, being in this weird police state kind of thing. All kinds of shit. So Daisy and Simmons, they go in there, find everybody, help get them out. And everybody gets out, and yay! But during this time, Ada made herself a person. She is now a... Human, more or less. Through the use of the Darkhold. Oh god, I just found the image of Terra in the night... Nighty. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear lord. Yeah, dude, it's fucking gross. I'm not using that as a feature image. So you have to look it up yourself, people at home. Well, yeah, so Ada made herself a body, and then turns out she has superpowers now, uh, because in the framework, Fitz had found a way to essentially rem- essentially like discover and bottle inhuman abilities before they go through Terragenesis. Cool. Yeah, so she has like uh, healing abilities. Uh, she has like Lincoln's um, energy blast. She has Gordon's teleportation abilities. That is awesome. Yeah, and so throughout the episode, uh, she is kind. She is just kind of trying to be as nice to Fitz as she can be. Just like, just like, hey, yeah, we're just gonna be this, we're gonna be that, and then just trying to, trying to essentially like appeal to him because he is still kind of reeling from all the shit he did in the framework. Because in the framework, Fitz is a sociopath. He is a straight up murderer. He. Does not give a shit about human life. He doesn't give a shit about anything except Ada or Ophelia. Then once he gets out, he has all the memories in his head and is just 
almost ready to kill himself? Understandably. But then Ada is doing everything she can, like, hey, dude, it's okay, it's fucking whatever. And she saves, ends up saving a couple of their lives, a couple of her teammates, a couple of Fitz's teammates' lives, especially Max. Then they get captured. And there's this whole big speech, and Fitz is, like, talking about Gemma and how, oh, my, oh my God, how could she ever love me after seeing all the horrible shit I did in that world? And then Ada's like, yes, finally, he's going to be mine. And then he's like, oh, I still love Gemma. And then Ada just goes fucking insane and murders, like, everybody. Just teleports behind and breaks their neck, steals their guns, slits their throats, does all kinds of fucking awesome shit while the entire time Fitz just screaming, run the fuck away. Nobody can stop her. And now we have a team up between the most powerful and human to ever exist and the immortal Russian robot man. What the hell? Shield got now good, I dude. Have to catch up. Shield got good. Are there any seasons I can skip? Uh, it's season three. So no. Okay. Yeah, season three. Just fuck that. Fuck that whole shit. It's kind of terrible. Just, I'll fucking send you the Cliff's Notes version of it, and then you can go into fucking season four. Please and thank you. Yeah, I'll email, today. I'll email that to you later tonight. Please and thank you. Because season four is when we get Ghost Rider, then we get LMD, then we get Ages of Hydra. Now we got this shit, and it's awesome. And actually, this season is the reason it now has a fifth season coming. <laughs> because it has been on a down it's been on like a fucking downward trend for a while but then this season it it kind of like slowed the downward trend a bit but then also raised up the number of people rewatching it on DVR this goes to show if you make it good enough you don't need that big an audience oh god Ages of Shield is so good oh speaking of good Steven Universe is back. They just I can't uh, get excited for it anymore. They just released a little Steven Bomb, and Season 5 will be premiering at the end of the month. Um, season 5, uh, the beginning of it, already leaked online. But not going to be talking about that. Just be talking about the le- latest Steven Bomb from last week, I believe. And it's kind of neat. Because they call back to something that happened in, I think, Season 2. In a really interesting way. I'm sorry, but Steven Universe isn't good enough for me to put up with its release schedule. That's fair. It is a brilliant show. I love the characters. I love the story. I'll watch it when it comes out on DVD, Netflix, or Hulu. Because I am sick. I mean freaking sick of waiting for weeks upon weeks upon months upon months for another episode of Steven Universe. For a teaser for another episode of Steven Universe, then giving up on it, and then finding out, hey, they just dropped another 15 episodes on our heads, and we're going to watch them all in one night. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fair. So I guess then just quick rundown to not incite more of Caveman's Rage. So we got five episodes. Uh, Lion 4 alternate ending. Which was 
Steven gets a magic key from Lion and then is like having a nervous breakdown about wondering what his destiny is. He finds another tape that was addressed to that was addressed to um Steven, should he have been born a girl? <laughs> See, the show is good, but I just I don't have the patience for it. Yeah, and again, that's totally fair. And yeah, so uh it turns out that that Greg and Rose should Steven have been born a girl, her name is gonna be Nora. As you do. Yeah, and so uh she so she and so he watches the tape. It's the same tape that he got before, but the ending is slightly different where it just kind of says, like, hey, just fucking go be you, dog. You don't have to worry about anything. Just be fucking happy being you. Because Steven the entire time was like, I have this fucking amazing destiny I have to do. Everything's fucking happening. What the fuck is going on? Somebody please tell me what the fuck my life is. Uh, dugout, we got to spend some time with uh, Connie's dad. Who's a security guard. And is trying to play it up like, oh yeah, I'm fucking awesome. Because... He's jealous that Connie is spending so much time with Steven on his awesome fucking space adventures. <laughs> I was like, you're going off fucking fighting aliens and shit. You do sword training. I have a flashlight, okay? Uh, the Good Lars is a Lars-centered episode, so... Yeah. Then things kind of happen in Are You My Dad? And the episode that aired at the same time with this, I Am My Mom. So in the last couple episodes, uh, people have been disappearing. Like uh, Onion, Lars, Sadie, uh, all those other people. And then Steven comes across a tiny little gem, just about like fucking two feet tall. Looks like a child has a single like teardrop, which is just her gem. Just going around asking people, are you my dad? Turns out she works for the Diamonds and is capturing everybody that Steven listed when he talked to Peridot for the first time in the kindergarten. Remember that shit? Jabbers. I do remember that shit. Yeah, just like, just like, are, does anybody else, is like, is, are you the only one on this planet? Steven is like, oh no, there's, the, and then lists off like all his friends and like says my dad. And so she's looking, and so they took that literally that they think there is a person called my dad. And then, I, and I and my mom, he kind of like, oh, this is all happening. And then he just gives himself over to Aquamarine and Topaz, who is a fusion gem that is kind of hanging out with Aquamarine. Where what Topaz does is grabs people, and then the two Topazes fuse together so that the uh, person that she is holding is stuck inside her body. Pinky. So there's this, there's just an image. So there's an image of just this fucking giant stone face gem with two giant headphone like gems with just people sticking out of her. Definitely kinky. Yeah, and so Steven gets fucked off to space. And nobody can follow him. Season five begins at the end of the month. Couldn't Lapis Lazuli do? 
Uh, Lapis Lazuli could, but uh, she couldn't really take anybody with her, and she'd also be going incredibly slowly because those ships move at like warp speeds, and she moves at however fast her wings can take her. She made it to Jim Homeworld. After a while. Yeah, but with a tremendous pace. Yeah, but then she, but then like she'd have to carry everybody else, and Connie would obviously want to go, but she couldn't, so she'd try to find some way to sneak on, and then she'd end up dying in space because she's a human, eh. and humans in a vacuum don't work out too well. Moonbase. Why am I analyzing this? Let's move on. So were they going to drag the moon with them to Homeworld? No. She could take them to Moonbase and they could get a ship from Moonbase. There's got to be at least one escape pod or something. Or they could feign surrender using that communication crystal Peridot had. No, that was destroyed. Never mind. We'll uh, see There's got to be some other way. Yeah. There are ways. Yeah, but we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, I still really like Steven Universe. Um, I keep enough of an eye on the schedule that it doesn't really fuck me over that much. It's just waiting so fucking long is a bit of a bitch. But something I don't have to wait too long for because it releases weekly. American Gods. It's, oh, it's so good. Is really fucking good. Uh, this is a new series uh, from Brian Fuller of Hannibal, based on a novel by Neil Gaiman. And it's about uh, the old gods of legend, you know, fucking. Uh, the gods that they have brought up so far are um, Bilkis, Odin, Mad Sweeney, and Chernabog. Against new gods, such as the god of technology, the god of mass media, and the god of globalization. I hate two of those gods. <laughs> One of the gods is I a... I want pe- Chernabog to eat them. Yeah. One of the gods is a piece of shit little kid who vapes. The I hate o- him most of all. The other one is Jillian Anderson dressed as fucking Lucy. Lucy the daughter of the devil? No, Lucy from I Love Lucy. She appears on television, just like fucking if like she is the god of the media as well as entertainment and television programs. I'm thinking. Why didn't she choose Catherine Zeta Jones? That would have been Because the TV that was on was playing I Love Lucy reruns. Ugh. <laughs> So she just kind of Netflix. So she just kind of became Lucy. So the show is about a guy named Shadow Moon. Uh, he is in prison. Yeah, he's in prison uh, for reasons that they, I don't think they ever really get into so far. Um, I think I'm pretty sure he either I think he beat a guy. Like, really badly. He was in there for five years, was released after three for good behavior. And the day he's released, his wife dies in a car crash. Women in refrigerators. Uh, I... She's kind of still around. Women? 
in refrigerators. She also died sucking Dane Cook's dick. Why Dane Cook? Because that's who they cast. Yeah, Dane Cook was Shadow's best friend. And apparently... Why Dane Cook? Because that's who they cast. And apparently, uh, when they found her, when they found them and their car, uh, when they'd crashed, she had bitten off Dane Cook's dick. So his, so, <laughs> so as their bodies were horribly torn apart, his dick was still in her mouth. I now approve of it being Dane Cook. Yeah, so as he gets out, he's, trying to, he's flying back, uh, and he meets Ian McShane. Playing Mr. Wednesday, who is actually Odin. And he gets a job working for Odin, just kind of being his driver and go-to guy. As Odin begins making the rounds, uh, contacting different gods living in America and trying to convince them to join his war against the new gods who are trying to destroy the old gods. I wonder if like Rick Reardon read this and was inspired to write his uh, books. Who knows? He's the one who wrote the Percy Jackson books. And a bunch of other books with other gods. Yeah. Uh, Neil Gaiman wrote the original novel back in 2001, so maybe. I don't know how old the first Percy Jackson book is. Let me look that up. Percy Jackson on the Olympians. Uh, first one came out in 2005. So it's possible. Not possible. Yeah, the show's just really fucking good. I like all the characters. I like just how not really recognizing the situation he's in Shadow Moon is because nobody has told him anything. What kind of parents would name their kids Shadow Moon? The kind of Wait, people was he who born in Hollywood. The kind of people who have the last name Moon. Was he born in Hollywood? Uh, no, I think he was born in like he was born in like the Midwest or something. Hmm. Then you can't even blame it on LA's crazy air. No, you can't. Yeah, nobody has told him anything. Like, he doesn't know that that Mr. Wednesday is Odin. He doesn't know that Chernobog is an actual god. He doesn't know that he's in the middle of a fucking war. He doesn't know what's happening. He just thinks he's going fucking crazy. I love I have this great mental image now of Disney's Satan. Just like bamping into a meeting of the god, and they're all like, "Wait, aren't you the devil?" Nope, I'm a god. Yeah. Uh, so Chernobog is played by Peter Stormare. I approve. Yeah, and so there's this really weird speech in the second episode where he talks to a uh, Shadow Moon. Uh, he's played by a uh, Ricky Whittle, who's an English actor who some of you may know from the Hundred. Uh, he he is he is of Jamaican descent, and so there is a point where Chernabog talking to essentially a black guy saying, "Hey, back in my country, I was black," because you know he's the god of darkness, while his brother is the god of light. Okay, <laughs> it works. It really works, and they do all this while playing checkers. Let me guess. He chose the black pieces? Uh, yes. And yeah, it is a really tense game of checkers. 
with Peter Stormare singing this weird like lullaby thing while it occasionally cuts to shots of Peter Stormare murdering cows with a sledgehammer? King me. This show's really fucking good. It is Brian Fuller as hell. Like, a lot of weird imagery, cool way, like, really good cinematography and stuff. Um, a lot of things that I think probably go over my head because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Honestly, dead man, you'd be surprised how much you can learn just by trying to be a critic. Yeah, I know. I've gotten way better at this. Mm-hmm. I'm actually critiquing things on their cinematography, their animation style, the frame rate of certain films. I'm not allowed to enjoy things I used to enjoy now because they're just so low quality. Yeah. Every episode of the show begins with a with a guy uh, doing like a writing like coming to America books. And it's all about like different people coming to America and bringing their gods with them, kind of explaining how these fucking Norse gods and shit, or like African gods in the case of Anansi, how they ended up. Anansi in Anansi is one of my favorite gods. Yeah, he's played by he's played by Orlando Jones. Would I know him from something else? Uh, Evolution. Never seen it. Uh, the did you ever watch uh, Sleepy Hollow the TV show? A little bit. I watched like two episodes. So. Uh, he was the police captain in that. Ah. Yeah, and he <laughs> talks with a fairly heavy New Orleans-ish accent. Ooh! This is HBO, right? Uh, this is AMC. This is Stars. Ah. So I'm never going to get to see this. <laughs> yeah, so it is... Uh, yes, this is HBO without the quality, kind of. Well, sorry, HBO without the budget. So things do look a bit and cheap. And the nudity. Yeah. No, they have nudity out the ass. Well, HBO is known for its nudity. <laughs> this 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 will probably put nudity on the map for stars because there is an extended sequence in kind of both shows where a god called Bilkis, Bilquis is literally sucking people into her vagina. That's one way to die. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bil- Bilkis um, is, I think it's another name for the Queen of Sheba. And she is an old god. She is the old goddess of love. And so what she does is she finds people on Tinder. Takes them into a, take, take, take them, takes them back to her hotel room or whatever. Has sex with them. And as she's having sex with them, uses her god powers to get them to worship her. So she grows giant size, then sucks them into her vagina. This is a show by Brian Fuller, in case you couldn't tell. I fucking love this show. Ian McShane is so goddamn good in it. Uh, Jillian Anderson is fun. Ricky Whittle is is really good as just a as like an outsider to all this, seeing things for the first time and just saying, hey man, fuck this. I'm fucking dead. Who gives a shit? Peter Stormare is great, just incredibly threatening. Orlando Jones is really fun as... He kind of looks like a pimp. But, like, not like 
overtly so. Like he has a like when we when we first see him, he has as the spider. He is very multicolored. He has like this like the coat, I guess, for the spider. Is very multicolored, very vibrant, and then we and then when he goes into like the regular person, he is in a suit with a matching like trilby hat that is in that same color pattern, and he's and, and so he's, he's a hipster douche. Uh, not really. He pulls it off. Okay. Yeah, and he is he he is summoned essentially uh, by a group of slaves who were all stuck in the ship uh, on a slave ship being taken to the new world. So Anansi, so Anansi um, just says, hey, the next hundred years, the next couple hundred years for black people is going to fucking suck. So get angry and murder these motherfuckers. So then he frees the slaves. The slaves go buck wild, set the ship they're on on fire and murder every person who had taken them captive. Then Anansi just kind of floats on the wreckage back to the new world. And then he's here in America now. As you do, and when we and we get when um, the like the first episode had like bringing Odin over here, so like a bunch of sailors, you know, Nordic sailors came over. Uh, once they got here, one guy got just like raped by arrows, <laughs> and there was no wind, so they couldn't get home. So every day they would you know do sacrifices to Odin, like they would you know heat up the blade of a sword and poke out everybody's left eye. Or they would like fucking burn bodies or just do or just like go to war with each other in order to fucking summon God. And it worked and they went home. You know, Wednesday. Yeah. And then it worked and they went home and then Odin just stayed. If you aren't watching American Gods, I really recommend you do. Uh, It's only two episodes out now. Um, The third episode is airing this Sunday. So I guess either the day you're listening to this or the day after you listen to this, depending on how fast I get this up. Yeah, it's really good. American gods do check it out. Um, another show that is actually on Netflix. So you can watch this. Okay, man is into the badlands. Into the badlands is a post-apocalyptic Western samurai movie. Me TV series. So you said movie and it, I was immediately turned off, but then you changed to TV show. Yeah, it's a fairly short season. The first season is only six episodes. But it's neat. It is a neat-ass idea. So it's set in some post-apocalyptic America, uh, but like cars and electricity are still a thing. So... Our main character is named Sonny. He is a clipper. Uh, Clippers are essentially soldiers who work for barons. Uh, The country, or at least this side of the country, at least a part of the country, um, has been divided up among different barons who have their own, like, plantation areas. They have their own areas of influence, and they have their own things they export. Uh, The, this baron, the baron uh, Sonny works for named Quinn, uh, focuses on opium. Meanwhile, there's a new Baron who is who kind of took over for her husband after she killed him, and her main uh, export is oil. And so the two of them are kind of gearing up for a war against each other, uh, all over like this, as well as a young kid named MK 
who, when he bleeds, becomes Kung Fu Jesus. And yeah, like like the look of everything is kind of like Western-ish. Like it's all fucking shanty towns and shit. People are living out in plantations and whatever. Uh, they have like everybody kind of out living in the world is just wearing like very standard clothing. Nothing really fancy about it. Uh, but then it has you know samurai working for their fucking baron, their feudal lord. With like utter like total and complete devotion, uh, the samurai like the samurai have a like the clippers have a fucking code of honor they live by, you know, complete devotion to their master, and also they can't have kids or they'll be murdered. Also, no guns. Guns, for whatever reason, have been outlawed and nobody makes them anymore, so everybody uses melee weapons. And so the show is. They were outlawed. Like they specifically state, guns were outlawed. Uh, yeah, there, there's a. We there's just an, don't know what happened. There's an intro in. There's an intro to the show with um, narrated by MK on the first episode. Just kind of like giving you an idea of the world. And yeah, they say like yeah, people stopped making guns. Guns are just not being used anymore by anybody ever because they have specifically said, hey, no guns. And everybody wow, fucking. That's nonsense. It's nonsense, but it's fucking nonsense that you need to have. Otherwise, hey, why is that guy using a sword? We can just use a pistol. There is actually a better option. There really is. The have it be that all the world's stocks of gunpowder uh, were literally stolen and stockpiled by these barons. And anytime anyone's caught making gunpowder, they're slaughtered. Ergo, there are no guns. Not just, they're outlawed, so nobody makes them anymore. Well, anybody who does make them get killed. Yeah, but they have guns and the other fuckers have swords. <sighs> yeah, society does specifically shun guns. Uh, just to give you an example to how unlikely I think this is, that's, a, that's like organizing a random match with 16 people on Call of Duty and saying, hey, knives only. At least one motherfucker's going to bring in a ballistic knife, if anything. Meh, I'm, I'm, I'm cool for it. Like, yeah, it's kind of stupid, but now we have essentially samurai. And I'm cool with that. Yeah, just, the, it, when you give it, if you, they had just been like, yeah, there are no guns, I would have been fine. But they gave an explanation that's nonsense to me, so that bothers me. It's And when I watch it, it's going to be in that in the back corner of my head like, hey, at least one person should have a shotgun. Well, it's not, it's not, I don't, I, they just say they banished guns. That's, that's the explanation. About it. Yeah, this show's just really good. Um, Sonny, his actor, uh, Daniel Wu, he's uh, kind of a new face, I guess, that I've... Well, new to me, anyway. And he's not that charismatic, but he's really good in the action sequences. Like, this show... This show was made specifically because they wanted a series with just a lot of really good, like, borderline wire-foo action. And I say borderline because a lot of it is just in-camera stuff. 
but every once in a while they will do some wire foo shit. Just oh, they need, they need this person to, like fucking jump cool. Okay, wires. Or we need to do, or we need to have somebody do like this awesome kick. Okay, wires. But it's all very. It's very obvious when they do it, but it isn't so obvious. But it isn't like it, it doesn't take you out of it too much. So yeah, I like this world. I like the way that they handle action stuff. Uh, main character is interesting enough that like he kind of makes up for the lack of charisma that Daniel Wu has. At least he doesn't have the anti charisma of Finn Jones. Why'd you just send me an eggplant? Because <laughs> I'm being silly. <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, if you get a chance to check it out, I seriously do recommend uh, Into, the, Into the Badlands. Um, it's not the greatest thing ever, but if you take a look at it, it you can get some fun out of it. So. Those we're watching, then we'll be right back to getting the news. All right, back, everybody. Sorry about that. So, those we're watching, then on to news. So, first up, I feel like at this point, uh, it's safe to spoil Split. Yeah. So, Split, for those who don't know, the twist of it turned out to be that it was actually a sequel to Unbreakable. The last dun, good dun, M. Night dun. Shyamalan movie. Yeah, uh, so, like, Split, for those who don't know, M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, it is one of his better ones to date, uh, kind of like f- continuing the trend of the visit in being not god awful. And it is about. It's about James McAvoy as a guy with, like, dissociative identity disorder, where one of the identities is just straight up a superhuman. Uh, at the end of that movie, it is revealed that this whole thing was a sequel to Unbreakable with uh, David Dunn, Bruce Willis' character from that movie. He's kind of showing up, asking questions about the beast or whatever. I think they call him the Horde. But yeah, so with all of that, uh, it has been announced that there will be a sequel to this as well as Unbreakable called Glass. You don't mean prequel? Uh, nope. Because James McAvoy, Bruce Willis, and Samuel L. Jackson are all in it. Okay. And M. Night has said, my new film is a sequel. Yeah, that means something coming out of any director's mouth. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so he has confirmed that Bruce Willis will be back as David Dunn. Samuel L. Jackson is back as Elijah Price or Mr. Glass. Uh, James McAvoy is back as all his people. And the main actress from that, and the main actress uh, from that movie, uh, Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, will be back as Casey Cook, who is the surviving character of the first of Split. So the film will be called Glass, and it will be coming out on January 18th, 2019. Wow. Did he already make it to be that sure of when he's going to put it out? 
He ended all. He ended the series of tweets by saying, "How's that for not keeping a secret?" This Giving is cool. Twists? This is kind of cool. Kind of nothing. This is. This is good. Yeah, like uh, Split. I watched some of Split. I haven't watched all of it, so I didn't really feel comfortable giving full opinions on it. But it was neat from what I've watched of it so far. And getting Bruce Willis back as David Dunn and Samuel Jackson back as Mr. Glass. It's also really cool. Yeah. It's a great thing that he's actually trying. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he actually said in like the series of tweets, like, it's always been my dream to bring these to bring these fucking movies together, so let's do this shit, dog. Paraphrasing, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't have sounded so white while trying to sound hip. Word. Any heezy. <laughs> Let's move on to our next piece of news. Young Justice Season 3 is coming out next year. Ah. Yeah, so Young Justice Outsiders, the third season of the fucking beloved animated series Young Justice. Uh, is currently in the early stages of production and is set to um, air exclusively on DC-branded digital services in 2018. What? As the press release notes, according to Collider, uh, the new digital service, which is operated by Warner Bros. Digital Network Networks Groups, will, quote, deliver an immersive experience designed just for DC fans. Morons. Yeah. And so Young Justice Outsiders is setting to air alongside the live action Titans. Drama series based on the Teen Titans. Yeah, unless this DC service is free with ads, they're morons. <laughs> it probably won't be. Yeah, so they're morons. Huh. Weird. Termino's article a bit more. Um, yes, yeah, the press release also notes that they're on a new proprietary digital service, um, opting to skew both traditional TV networks and popular streaming platforms like Netflix, which currently has the rest of Young Justice. Morons. So, according to this article, um, quote. Rather than paying massive fees to subscribe to a general provider offering tons of options viewers don't necessarily want, they can choose instead to pay smaller amounts multiple times to providers that are that offer specific niche content. Do they think $12 is a lot? I don't know, but this is stupid. Just put it yeah. on Netflix. Or Hulu. Or a TV network. Or anywhere people would actually be willing to watch it. They are dooming this new season and prove like trying to prevent from us from getting a season four. I'm specifically saying Netflix because that's where the rest of Young Justice is. Yeah, but morons. Fuck Hulu. I know I've fucking made that statement before, but like fuck Hulu. 
That's happening no, next. That's YouTube happening next Red would be a better uh, network for them to put it on <laughs> than their own private little shit. Because <laughs> I might get YouTube Red to watch Young Justice 3, but... <sighs> so fuck Hulu. Moving on. So, Edge of Tomorrow is getting a sequel. Was that a Bond thing? Uh, no, that was that Tom Cruise movie where we got to watch him die multiple times. Oh, that thing. Who cares? Uh, I kind of do. I really like that movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess it was better than I thought it would be. Yeah, it actually is. It was good. So, for those who don't know uh, the movie, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, uh, Tom Cruise... Uh, they are they're fighting an alien invasion this whole big war thing uh, the aliens are f- kicking their asses and tom cruise who is this fucking weaselly snivelly like essentially a spin doctor for the army uh gets sent out into the battlefield where he gets straight up murdered by having an alien bleed blood on him by, ha- by having an alien bleed into his fucking bullet wounds or whatever and then he just dies but then he wakes up 24 hours ago and so he's in a time loop every time he dies he goes back to the same spot and uses that knowledge to become the ultimate soldier. Or, in other words, he becomes a Tom Cruise character. Captain America. Yeah, basically. And Emily Blunt is there as the person who previously had that ability, which let her become the fucking hero of the war. The lovingly the lovingly named Metal Bitch. Sorry, Full Metal Bitch. That's what it was. Yeah, one of the things that kind of got a lot of attention with this movie is that its title was reworked three different times. It was originally called All You Need Is Kill, taken from the Japanese thing it was originally based on. Then it was renamed to Edge of Tomorrow, which it saw released in theaters. Then when it was released on DVD, it got a different name, Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, I've seen that DVD. Which was the tagline for the movie. However, we now have a fucking even dumber title. Live, die, repeat, and repeat. Oh, no. Yeah, Tom Cruise is back in it. Emily Blunt's back in it. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Because they did kind of end the movie with like, hey, we won. But we'll see. I... I'll be keeping an eye on this. Oh, do they keep the superpowers at the end of the movie? Uh, no. Uh, well, well, Tom Cruise does. Uh, Emily Blunt had lost her powers like even before Tom Cruise got his because uh, it's in the blood. And so she got a blood transfusion because she was horribly wounded before she died. So she lost the powers. Mm. Then Tom Cruise lost the powers, but then got the powers back because he killed the mama alien who gave, who gives those powers to everybody else. And so he got fucking. So he died the last time by being bathed in the fucking blood of the Queen Alien. As you do. Yeah. Yeah. Other stuff's happening with uh, these with these uh, guys, including the director. Uh, so live, die, repeat, and repeat. Fuck that movie title. Jesus Christ, it's terrible. Beyond the edge of tomorrow. All you need is killing more. All you need is more killing. I don't know. Yeah, that won't be happening. All for... you need is to kill. 
that won't be happening. Yeah, that won't be happening for a while. But I'm still really looking forward to it when it comes out. Speaking of looking forward to, there's going to be a psych reunion. Ooh. Yes, uh, it'll be coming. Yeah, uh, Psych with the original cast and the creator will be returning this December for a two-hour holiday special called Psych the Movie. Ooh. Psych the Movie. Yes. I'll have to watch that because I love that show. It, it was a fucking great show. So, in this thing, uh, it will have James Roday as Sean Spencer, Dulé Hill as Bruton Gaster. Timothy Amundsen as Carlton Lasseter, Maggie Lawson as Juliet O'Hara, Carl Burnson back as Sean's dad, Henry, and Kirsten Nelson as Chief Vic, returning for the movie, which will be picking up three years after the end of the series. Which is, you know, appropriate because the show ended three years ago. I, re- I cannot fucking wait for this. I actually have to agree with you. I'm looking forward to this as well. Yeah, it goes into production uh, this May. Sorry, actually, in two weeks, actually. And will be directed by the creator of the show, Stephen Franks, who who wrote the who wrote the movie with star James Roday. See, so, yeah, I cannot wait for that. Uh, weird news now. So, Donald Glover also known as the rapper Childish Gambino, along with his brother, Stephen Glover, are going to be writing, executive producing, and serving as showrunners for an animated series on FXX based on Deadpool. It's going to be an animated Deadpool series on FXX. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a 10-episode series launching uh, in 2018. Written, produced, and run by Donald Glover and his brother, Steven. Won't work unless they can get a Pinkie Pie cameo in. (laughs) Who knows? They might be able to. I don't know these things. (sighs) <sighs> Nick Grad, producer, uh, FX president of original programming, said, quote, <clears throat> Donald Glover is an incredibly gifted and versatile artist who will bring the untitled Marvel's Deadpool series to life with the same intense singular vision as his breakout hit Atlanta. With the success of Legion, we are lo- we're looking forward to again partnering with Marvel Television to create a series that is bold, striking, and entirely original. That is, he might be a bit hard for that last one because it's based on Deadpool. So from the jump, it's entirely an adaptation. Anyway. Yeah, that is weird. That is a weird piece of news. Nah, I'm not really sure what to make of that. 
Let's just hope it's at least as good as the Deadpool movie. I'm not setting high expectations or anything. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, Donald Ed worked with his uh, brother, Steven, on Atlanta, which, for those who don't know, is a show about trying to break into the underground Atlanta rap scene. There's an underground Atlanta rap scene? Apparently. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, that show has been well received. Also airing on FX, so it could be good. We'll see. Given the other Deadpool's apparent proclivity for fucking rap music, it could be a good fit. Anyway, there's also going to be a live-action Judge Dredd TV show. No. <laughs> Just straight up no? Just straight up no. So the show is... Judge, show. Dredd, Judge Dredd is far too dark, gritty, and mean a concept for its own like full-story TV show. Okay? It's just not going to work. Sorry. But yeah, this, this comes from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, the show is apparently said to be called Judge Dredd Mega City 1. And the plan for the series is to make it an, make it an ensemble drama about a team of judges. Uh, as a deal with, you know, the future or whatever. Is Judge Dredd a part of that? Who knows? Moving on to, I'm not sure what to make of this. So, I'm probably going to butcher your name, so I'm sorry. But Diane Ruggiero Wright, who has worked, who's worked on um, Veronica Mars and the current and I Zombie. Uh, she she worked a lot with Rob Thomas on this stuff. Uh, she is working on a remake of Misfits. So for those who don't know, Misfits is a British TV series. It ran on E4 for, I believe, five seasons or five series. Okay. Yeah, so it ran for about five. So it ran for five series, uh, and it was about kids on kids doing like fucking social service for crimes they committed, getting superpowers from a magic storm, and it got weird. Yeah, like sleeping with an old lady who tra- changes her age every time she orgasms. Weird. Yeah, like just a fucking unprecedented amount of dead social workers. Yeah, didn't they kill one like every other episode? Every season they killed one. Eh. Felt like it was more often than that. Uh, nope, they only killed like... Uh, I stopped watching after the rest of the main cast left. Because yeah, they fucking went through cast members like a motherfucker. Yeah, so she is... Uh, so Ruggiero Wright is working... On that, 
Uh, she's already written a pilot script, so I guess we'll see where that goes. Weird thing, Cartoon Network is, is making an animated series based off the Lego movie character Unikitty. Nope. Nothing more to say about that, really. And then, yeah, like I said earlier, Ains of Shield has been renewed for a fifth season. So, catch up. I will send you that thing for season three. Yeah. Other news on new releases uh, this week. Fucking garbage. We have a new King Arthur movie. We got Snatched and Amy Schumer Goldie Hawn team up. Whoa. And absolutely anything. A movie with Simon Pegg, Kate Beckinsale, the rest of Monty Python, and a posthumous release for Robin Williams. Oh, no. It's currently rocking an 18%. So that seems like fun. Yeah, I would hope that when you've got a piece of crap with a dead actor that everyone loved in it, you'd have the decent sense not to put it out. But if they don't put it out, how can they make money off of it? They're not going to make money off of it. They're just going to piss off the fans and they'll never see you know anything they do again. Yes, but yes, you, you forget. Movie studios are retarded. So they're like, oh, there's this guy we like in it. Let's make money. Hi. Everybody hates it. It's like, oh, I don't know what I don't know what happened to you guys. I don't know. I guess it was just wasn't Marvel. Yeah, they're releasing it while Guardians of the Galaxy is still in theaters. They are fucking mm. idiots. Oh no. And then next week, Alien Covenant. And that's about it. Unless there's anybody out there who's really into the diary of a wimpy kid movie series. I am a huge fan. Thank you very much. Okay, well, I've watched Di- absolutely none of their movies. Okay, well, Diary of Wimpy Kid: The Long Haul is coming out next week as well. That's a movie, I think. Alicia Silverstone is in it, and she is apparently alive still. But yeah, that's gonna do it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks' time with episode of the SDRProds.com movies television podcast. In between now and then, they're going to be having our regular run news, baby reviews, podcasts. Oh, kinds of bullshit, but until then, I'm dead. And I'm Caveman. And hey, we got over an hour and a half of this one. Neat. <laughs>